keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> total. Marks with Dan St. Germain. Alright, everybody. Welcome to Total F and Marks. I'm here with Sergeant Slaughterhouse. I'm here with Andy Cups. And I am the tribal chief, Dan St. Germain. I'm gonna start. Uh, is that does that work for me, the tribal chief? Uh you might you might you might get in trouble with that one. <laughs> no, you're fine. I didn't even think about uh I didn't even think about the Washington football team of it all. Yeah. All the all the native listeners. Well, right. to be fair, you haven't done a, a twenty-three and me. You may be one sixteenth Chippewa, and then you know you're you're in the clear. Have you ever seen fat guys with tribal tattoos? They like think they're gonna look like Batista, but they you know like it's, it's just, what? But they look like Umaga. They look like Umaga, and it's like. You know, it, it just never, it never looks good. They think it looks like something that's going to channel ancestors, but it just looks like crop circles, you know? Let's get to the 10 count. <laughs> kind of a slow uh, wrestling news week, but boy, was it a crazy 2020 overall news week. Number one, The Rock endorses Vice President Joe Biden for President of the United States. What wrestling endorsement should Donald Trump seek, Scott? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Linda McMahon. <laughs> you just want him Vince to lose. Vince McMahon. Of course you want him to lose. <laughs> Robert? Look, if you want to lock up the nostalgia racist vote, you got to bring in Hulk Hogan. I think nobody speaks to Trump's base uh, quite like a guy who, who peaked in the 80s whose closet racism keeps popping its head back up. Um, I, I think that's, and by comparison, Trump's tan looks normal. So I think this is a slam dunk across the board if he could get, uh, if he can get Hogan on board. See, I'm going to go a different way. I think, I think that Trump should avoid any sort of wrestling endorsements. Uh, but if I'm Joe Biden, I make a like 10 minute commercial of all the wrestlers that are already endorsing Trump, you know, like Marty Jannetty, Teddy Hart, Chris Benoit's ghost, like every single, like Trevor Murdoch working at a Hess station. And just like to give you an idea of like the cross section of his supporters. Zach, you're up for Trump. Uh, why are you supporting Trump this election? Uh, I'm a big fan of everything. I don't even know what the fuck this <laughs> Did you guys check out the Rock endorsement? I thought it was uh, it was great. I was yeah. I was genuinely surprised that he did it because he's he doesn't support anybody. He subscribes to that Michael Jordan theory of Republicans buy sneakers, so he doesn't take a stand on anything because he's Mister All Things to All People. Uh, this was 
him taking a stand and saying, all right, I'm going to endorse Biden when he's clearly in the past voted Republican. If you're making the kind of money the Rock's made, I get it to a very large degree, but this was him dipping his toe into the water. And what I've always said on this show is he's going to run for president at some point in time. And his endorsement caused more of a buzz online uh, and on TV and with people than just about any endorsement that I've seen. I mean, people that, that I know that never, my, my parents, my mom was like, did you watch that video of, of Dwayne Johnson endorsing Joe Biden? And I don't think she realizes he was a pro wrestler. I just think he was just a big celebrity and she was very excited about it. But it has resonated across different age groups, across different races, across different genders. Uh, this was his chance to say, I can influence things in the world going forward and plant his flag for the eventual presidential run. Yeah, I, what's got a thing with The Rock is like I've always compared him to Arnold Schwarzenegger, and and to me it's always been Schwarzenegger was bigger uh, and better, like when it came to movies, stardom, all that stuff. Uh, but then Schwarzenegger posted a tweet that uh, he's willing to moderate, and uh, then he's sure people won't speak out of turn, and uh, nobody gave a shit. <laughs> I mean. I don't know. Yeah. Did you see like the last video where Arnold got like drop kicked by somebody in like a South African gym? No. This was like last year. He's not, he's not commando anymore. He's a 70 year old man who could still bench pretty well, but come on, dude. Yeah. The rock, uh, the rocks endorsement uh, made waves move over Cindy McCain. <laughs> Although I, I bet you they have very similar, political beliefs has has trump con gone after the rock yet i think it's the one person he hasn't gone after i think he's genuinely scared of him or he thinks it's a fictional character either way i think they're <laughs> uh, i think they're fine well he's he's gonna get paper and scissors so he's gonna be totally he's gonna clean up two-thirds of those endorsements number two what was more awkward the fight between trump and biden on tuesday or Rosie and Trump on Raw in 2007? Follow-up question, have politics and cable news overtaken professional wrestling? Not for this sad boy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they should have, right? We're all adults, but- I mean, uh, I think yeah, they, no, I, I'm, I'm more talking about like the rating, like, like Eric Bischoff brought this up a couple weeks ago that since Trump has been elected, and especially the last two years, as the, the the real the real programming that's kicking the WWE's ass isn't AEW. It's not even necessarily other sports, but it's cable news. It's it's the Tucker Carlson's, it's the Rachel Maddow's, it's the Chris Cuomo's of the world, uh, because they kind of, you know, and, and we've seen, I guess, wrestling <clears throat> kind of go into politics, whether or not it's like Kane's scary. As long as wrestling doesn't go into science, as long as AJ Styles isn't speaking at a science fair, that's all I hope for. Uh, oh no, they, they've learned their lesson with science by bringing in Chris Nowinski as a wrestler, even though he went to Harvard and he's like, hey, concussions are really bad. Uh, here's research and they're like, oh shit. So yeah, no one, no one else is allowed to do science. Are they, uh, are they on good terms? Do you think Vince likes Chris or thinks he's a prick for, for fucking that up for him? I mean, I, I think that they, they kind of thought it was like, thank you for smoking, where they create the Institute for Tobacco Studies that's run by the nicotine companies. He's like, yeah. oh, this is one of our guys. We're going to be fine. 
Uh, now they they can't you can't badmouth Nowinski at this point if you're the WWE because you kind of have to be like, hey, thanks so much for bringing this to our attention. We had no idea hitting somebody in the head with a chair was going to be bad for you. Um, but hitting, <laughs> by the way, getting hit in the head with a chair still not as damaging to your brain as having watched that debate the other night. Um, oh God, dude, I was genuinely I, I watched that. I, I mean, it was terrifying, and I rewatched. Um, I rewatched the Rosie and Trump video today, and by far the Trump Biden video is way more uncomfortable. It's way more uncomfortable, uh, and it's a shittier promo. Like that's the I tweeted that I'm like, you know, for a WWE Hall of Famer, you'd think Trump would be able to cut a better promo. Uh, but the the thing I, I posted online and seemed to resonate. I'm like, look, when pro wrestling is is embarrassing, at least you can say it's fake. Um, this was this was I'm watching this debate, and I'm like, I can't believe this is real life. Uh, and, and there's no escape from it. The strange thing about the Rosie Trump segment was looking up and seeing that Donald Trump was played by Ace Steel, who's the guy who trained CM Punk. So, you know, it, it, it's, it, it goes to show you. Uh, it's WWE one of the worst fuck. Donald Trump impressions I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, it wasn't that good. Um, but, a, you know, a decently worked match with a Fudgy the Whale uh, cameo. So... You know, there, there's that. The, the ratings for cable news being higher doesn't surprise me because who watches television at this point? It's, it's an older audience. Uh, it's people who fall asleep or die in front of the TV, and their chances are watching Fox News or MSNBC. Dude, uh, like, Tucker Carlson would make the greatest fucking heel manager of all time. He, he looks like a ventriloquist dummy and, and the hand that... Sh- is shoved up its ass. He looks like both things. He would be unbelievable. He would be a more annoying, more uh, more virginity-based Jim Cornette. Yeah, get that man a tennis racket. Get that man a tennis racket. Definitely going to be a tennis racket. Um, Scott, did you see the debates on Tuesday? Yes, I did. Uh, as a Trump supporter, uh, were you impressed? Fuck you! <laughs> my new thing now. It's so crazy because I was making calls for Biden today, and it's like, I talked to a couple of Trump supporters and they were very reasonable, very nice guys. And I'm like, this is really so bizarre because almost, you know, like I, I'd expect after the debate on Tuesday, it wouldn't even be like a person, but like a series of sounds in a cornfield, you know? So fucking nuts. It, there's still there's still rich people in the world, Dan. So Trump's going to be he's still going to have people voting for him. Uh, and there's people who think that this is him, like this is these are the same people who think wrestling storylines are, are nuanced and well balanced. These are the people who think, well, Trump's just pointing out the absurdity of the process. And that's why he's doing this. Like it's a, like it's a crusade. Um, no, he's he's <laughs> this he's just fucking crazy. Uh, I and, love and it. I love this like Trump is Banksy thing. Yeah. <laughs> Like he, he's a secret genius and this is all part of his, uh, his plan. Um, before the debate, my friend's like, what do you think it's going to be? I said, he's just going to walk up there, just lean into the microphone and just say fart noise and then sit down and he'd still win by 40, 50% of the uh, population. Dude, I will say because the debate commission, I guess, is they're changing the rules for the next two debates and they're saying they're going to be able to cut the mic mics so they're going to be able to cut like trump or biden's mic if they go over time as soon as they fucking cut trump's mic he is going to cut a cm punk type promo and just leave the stage there's no way that that guy is going to stick around he knows it doesn't matter though because i don't think there's anybody that's watching this thinking well i'm really undecided 
it's people are tuning in for the same reason people watch wrestling. They're, they're tuning in for the pageantry. They're tuning in for the train wreck elements of what you're going to see. The funniest tweet I saw was someone wrote, I don't know what to do. I like both of them. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That was hilarious. Like, and that's how sad it is in 2020 <laughs> that you're like, the funniest thing you can say is you like both candidates running for president equally. <laughs> I think the mute thing is going to be an issue, though, because some people are going to see it as like extremely disrespectful. Or even if it's just a moment where people thought, hey, I don't think he should have been muted. It's immediately going to become an issue. It's just going to be even more divisive. I do understand, though, that, like, I mean, dude, within five minutes of the debate, they should have been like, hey, this is over. You're not, are you good? Are we good? Like, right. You know, it, it, it was like very alarming. I'm disappointed. Like, we're in 2020. How is Trump not live tweeting the debate while he's up there? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, yeah, Trump broke down. In a way. You know, like, you know, like when somebody chews you out and you get offended, but then there's another type of chewing out where like you're more concerned about the other person. Like, that's what it felt like. <laughs> Like, hey, dude, you, everything okay at home? Yeah, uh, this is this is like when you walk by a homeless guy and he asks for money, you don't give it to him, and he just yells the most inflammatory thing possible. <laughs> that's what it felt like. I hope your parents get raped by a koala. Like, all right, cool. I'm going to vote like, for you for president. You know? uh, number three, queen up on aisle three at the Legend Killer Lounge. Has there ever been a sillier disguise angle? I mean, there's clearly been... There's clearly been worse disguise angle, Degeneration X and, and Blackface. Uh, but it's like, for me, like watching that on Monday, Ric Flair as the janitor, if you guys hadn't seen it, he wears night vision goggles. Rand Randy Orton was the janitor. Randy Orton, I'm sorry. Randy Orton is the janitor. Beats up Ric Flair and Big Show and Christian and Shawn Michaels with a chair while wearing night vision goggles. I, look, I kind of popped just for the same reason that I love Gene Parmesan and Arrested Development. <laughs> It had that sort of vibe. Uh, what did you guys? What did you guys think of this angle? And is there a is there a sillier disguise moment in WWE history? Um, Scott, we'll start with you. I mean, look, it, it was awful. It, it was very bad. It, uh, poorly written. Really made no sense. But uh, I I didn't care. Like I I kind of liked it. Like it was funny. And, uh, you know, there's no sense of, like, where is this going? Because who gives a shit anyway, you know? And so you're just like, oh, okay. He attacked these people. And, you I know, think, oh. I mean, it's obviously an excuse to to beat up Ric Flair, right? Which it's like, I don't know why you have to do that. <laughs> uh, he, you know, he, he wears a colostomy bag. Uh, he's not doing well. I don't know why you have to work around it like that. You know, I feel like, too, it's like, the thing with Ric Flair is, him taking like a chair, a really safe chair bump to the back, I think is less dangerous than him getting on the floor. <laughs> you know, like, the I think that there's way more of a risk for him just lying down. There's a lot more worse that can come through. It, my favorite actually silly uh, wrestling disguise angle, it was wife swap, swap when Roddy Piper and Ric Flair swapped wives. And they give like Ric Flair this like, uh, you know, uh, pt magnum or whatever the fuck that guy's name is mustache and like a giant cowboy hat at a grocery store it's it's fucking wild uh what do you think of the angle robert so i think the best part of this is the commitment that randy orton had because about two hours earlier the hurt business walked by the janitor and mvp throws a bottle of water on the floor is like pick that up and like that's this is the most commitment randy orton has ever had to an angle was playing this janitor 
he was in that costume for two hours cleaning yeah. the floors. This was not phoning it in for 30 seconds. This was a plan. And I admire that for Randy Orton. I think he's, I, my hope amongst hopes is that he sat there at some point. It's like, you know, it's really going to piss people off if I steal Kenny Omega's cleaner gimmick and I get the mop and I do it better than him. And this was his little seat. All he needed to do was slap his leg while he was picking up the water. And I would have been, I would have been thrilled. I also love night vision goggles making an appearance in 2020. Like they had to sit there and they're like, all right, we, we need to attack these four legends. We need to attack these three legends in Christian. And we need to figure out a way because none of them can take a bump. Oh, I know. We'll turn the lights off. And Randy Orton has night vision goggles. And then Vince, who rewrote almost every segment of this show, it's like, fuck it. That's the only thing that has to stay in. That is absolute <laughs> gold. Do you think we get a night vision goggles match? Oh, my God. That would be fucking amazing. Or like goggles on a pole and you're just like watching darkness for like eight minutes. Wait, hold on. We don't even point out the fact that on NXT, there's some mystery guy who's wearing night vision goggles in his promos. I thought like, of that when I saw that this past week. It's all connected. Like this is long-term storytelling at its best. It's going to be Ted DiBiase Jr., I think. <laughs> he uh, can't afford goggles. <laughs> Man, yeah, it was uh, – I, I mean, Randy is just so fucking entertaining that I, I literally could watch him – you know, like I, I could watch him sweep the floor and I would be more excited watching that than probably two thirds of the WWE roster. Well, um, also, he's made it he's made it pretty clear on Twitter that he's like a he's like a cool guy, you know, yeah. funny enough guy. And so when you see him on TV, like you just don't care if it sucks. It's like, yeah, he thinks it sucks. He doesn't care. Like there's something yeah. about him. You can always find an excuse for Randy Orton. You could always find the best in Randy Orton because, you know, he's just chilling. Number four, uh, let's say Drew loses at Hell in a Cell, because uh, it, it looks like it's going to be Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton at Hell in a Cell. Whether or not it's in the cell, who knows. Uh, how do you get the title back on Drew and still make fans excited about it? We'll, we'll start with you, Robert. Ooh. Um, all right, so I, I, uh, I missed the Clash of Champions uh, recap show on Patreon, available now for those of you who, who haven't subscribed yet. Get on there and listen. It's fantastic. But uh, the way that they've booked Drew over the last little while, when he seems so strong at first, I, I, he may have uh, – he, he definitely fucked somebody's wife, and this is revenge on him um, because this is Which just – Actually, that gets you over at Ohio Valley Wrestling. Only if Jim can watch and videotape it and then do commentary. Um, <laughs> the problem with this is they've buried Drew so badly at Clash of Champions where it took four different, well, three different legends in Christian to, to interfere at different points in time, and Drew still couldn't get it done. When we did the preview show last week, I said, I think that what will happen is Randy's going to beat the shit out of Drew. They'll have a good back and forth. They'll open up the ambulance at inside's edge. And my concern with that was – yeah, but I don't know if it's going to hurt Drew if he doesn't beat him clean. But it took four different guys to do it, and it was so overt that they had to open Raw with a promo with the guys basically saying, like, hey, sorry, we know you would have beat him anyway, but we needed to step in here. The only way to make it exciting for Drew to get the title back is if Orton has to relinquish it because he's pregnant. Uh, that's, that's it. That's the only thing where fans would be like, oh, now I kind of want to tune in and see what happens. Otherwise, no, you're, you're going to kill him dead. Scott? Uh, I think if you want people to get excited about a uh, Drew McIntyre title chase again, I wrote down you need to change his name to Keith Lee. <laughs> or just give him Keith Lee's music, something like that. 
Uh, yeah, man, I'm sorry. He, I, I'm not, I'm not even completely blaming the writing. Like it's. You think it's Drew's fault? I'm not saying it's his fault, but he's not doing. He's not knocking him out of the park. Like I mean, part of it is like we give you shit uh, and make uh, make shit people want to chew on. Look, he's he was trying. He tried in that promo on Raw with the Legends. He put oh, on a right. really good match with with uh, Robert Roode. Always he's, a good match. He's doing the best he can he's with what they're giving him. But it's like when Orton laid him out, it was like that gag on The Simpsons where Homer's skating over the canyon and falls comically like 800 times. Then they bring him in the ambulance and he falls again. They did that to Drew. They've killed Drew dead. Even on Raw, they were like, oh, it's a, I guess Randy's feelings are hurt and he's leaving and we won't see him again. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I've loved some of Drew's matches. I thought his build with Brock was awesome, uh, you know, for a pandemic, WrestleMania. I, I think there's a way to do it. I think that you could give him... Um, COVID? The co- well, give him who? What? Kofi, did you say? COVID. <laughs> COVID. No, I, th- I think that you could... Well, I-, I think that you could have him lose in, like, six seconds and then have Edge come back and people see it as, like, a slight, similar to how... You know, they saw, you know, Daniel Bryan losing to Sheamus as a slight or Kofi Kingston losing to Brock Lesnar as a slight. Or maybe you do what they did with, I don't know, this isn't really a great parallel, but, you know, the first Naito run at Wrestle Kingdom when he wasn't over and they tried to make him the guy, like, then you bring Drew back and you just kind of have him not give a fuck about anything, you know, and act like Roman should have acted after WrestleMania 31, but... No, it, it is it is really ironic that like, you know, you know, for the first time Drew is being like outshone by Roman Reigns, who's somebody that was always being outshone by someone else they weren't passing the ball to. Uh, but I, you know, Drew's a, Drew's a really good talent. I I just feel like they need to kind of let him be himself a little bit more. You know, like that the twenty four seven or whatever the Chronicle thing they did with Drew before WrestleMania. Like, oh, this is like a real guy. And I, and I wish that they would, you know, jump, you know, kind of explore that more. No, Drew, Drew's a great guy. He's a compelling promo when he's natural. He's talented in the ring. And they were they were kind of handling him well from the title run because it was one-off feuds. It was one month to build to Brock, and then they, they he wins. You do the one month for Seth. You do the one month for Lashley, the one month for Ziggler knock you know building up these challengers and then drew knocking him down where you can revisit him was the great way to do it he got marred in this randy orton thing and then they muddied it even further by putting keith lee in there and then the the booking at clash of champions was so strange to have four different people interfere and none of them being the decisive like all right it's it's big show choke slams him and he wins it made drew look weaker and dumber when they had been booking him for the first time in decade plus a baby face at the top who didn't seem stupid drew was in on the gag and he's like look i'm not gonna make you look stupid for following me or being a fan of me take this ride with me and the crowd was into it and now they've done everything they can to undo that and it kind of sucks i think part of that too is that like you know does vince not know what a baby face is anymore no he has no clue like like the heels i think like the heels kind of come off as faces in WWE because like, like what Vince thinks is like a shitty person is actually like, yeah, they're, they're kind of fine, you know, but who he thinks is like 
a great guy is either like not a great guy or this weird like you know robot alien from like a twilight zone episode so it's really bizarre uh number five retribution terrorizes wwe remotely while they quarantine at home retribution will be gone for two weeks apparently they were exposed to somebody who had covid i don't think they have covid themselves uh they still you know they they still uh, kind of kind of did the undertaker gong thing with the hurt business on monday do you what would you if, if you're i mean i i guess i have two questions one like how do you if you're wwe do you bail on retribution in these two weeks and and two if you're retribution how the fuck do you get over right now well, God. I mean, doing it themselves they're, they're on twitter and they're just trying to be as funny and relatable as possible um they're saying yeah, that they, went after bischoff today it's yeah funny. now my thing is like are are they getting shit for that uh or will they be getting shit for that i mean probably right it, it does go against like the entire uh they're supposed to be heels and they are more face than anybody on the internet yeah that's true Robert, that's it. Look, I think part of it is I think these guys sought out someone with COVID, took pictures with them, posted it on Instagram. Like, look, we can't be on TV for two weeks. We were near this guy. Please keep us away from actual WWE programming. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what T-Bar has been doing on on Twitter uh, has been just absolutely incredible. Uh, I think I talked about it last week where he went after the one fan for attacking him. His burial of chris jericho was one of the greatest things i've seen on social media Dude, this that year was, that was fucking like gnarly that was like gloves off if you guys didn't see it jericho posted something about retribution then wrote yikes and then dijakovic did a google search and pulled up about eight different stories about how fozzy was caused all these COVID outbreaks because of their concert and he just wrote yikes like that's that's just incredible if retribution becomes this weird underground like we are the the twitter trolls and we're saying all the stuff that no one else can it's okay if they wind up getting over as kind of baby faces even though they're supposed to be heels because people will care there's going to be a danger to what they do when they're on tv that people will be excited about so them not being on television and those goofy masks is the best thing for them because they're building uh a, a a a groundswell where now I kind of want to see the next thing that they're going to post online or the next thing they're going to do is a lot more unpredictable than, Hey, we fucked with the opening graphics of raw and made them backwards. Like it's Pee Wee's playhouse. And Dijakovic, uh, actually like sincerely a funny guy. He seems, he seems like he's a, which I, I never really got that from his personality. Whenever he's in XT, I was like, Oh, this is just like a big dude who, you know, does uh, does high spots, but it's super funny. Number six, the booking committee, the entrances, the return. Is Cody becoming Triple H? I'll answer this. Yes. <laughs> I this past Wednesday. I, the promo, first off, his babyface promo was the craziest babyface promo I've seen in years uh, in the sense that it was definitely not a babyface promo unless, like, they – plan to bring Rosario Dawson to the women's division. I, I don't know what the whole point of that was. Uh, he came out with new theme music, a new look. I mean, this is a guy who mocked Triple H by, you know, splitting it o- splitting his chair open with a sledgehammer. And 
you know, now he's making the secondary title the entire focus of the division. You know, I, I mean, I, th- I think he's a way better promo than Triple H, and I think Triple H is a better worker. But, you know, the parallels for me are, are there. Scott, do, do you see it at all? Uh, I mean, not that much, you know. Uh, I, I do enjoy what he's doing. I, I think his fault is that, like, he just has these, like, douche elements to him, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just his life. It's just however he is. It's just douchiness in it. And so even though this promo is fucking awesome i mean the words in that promo were stellar i just wanted to hear them from somebody else um but it's cody those are cody's you know that's how his promos are uh so you know i i I cringe a little and i know if somebody else said it i'd probably be inspired you know uh but yeah there's definitely a disconnect but i don't think it's a triple h situation i just think it's like I don't know. You you need that. You you need a middle division, right? I, and I don't think it's outshining anything. Moxley closed out the show. What do you think, Robert? I mean, he'll become Triple H if Tony Khan has a daughter, uh, and someday <laughs> Cody gets a shot at it. Um, yeah, he's he's definitely the the Triple H of of this world. He's got Man, the book. Tony Khan has a daughter. I really hope it's Jake. Oh, <laughs> that was disturbing. Well, All right. on, a, on a show we've already talked about so many disturbing things. It's like we had Chris Benoit's ghost earlier, and this is the thing that pushed me over the edge. Look, he he is Hunter. He's got his his close circle of friends. He's got his little clique. They all have jobs. They're all in positions. You know, he's he's gonna. There's gonna be a level of cronyism that exists. He is the office. Um, that that promo was 20 minutes shorter than a Triple H promo would have been. It was weird. Uh, it was him trying to play this whole, like, I'm the office and then, but I'm really not the office and I'm going to, I'm going to accept this. What bothered me about this dog collar match challenge in the first place is it's the kind of challenge a a baby face makes who says, you know what? I don't care that you're bigger than me and stronger than me. You have all these guys. I want you chained to me and I'm going to kick your ass. Instead, it was the heel who made the challenge. And then Cody had to wait a week in order for him to think about it and give an answer. Uh, I think Rosario Dawson would be a great addition to the women's division. I, I think she would be slightly better than uh, Red Velvet Cake that uh, that was on this show. And the, he, Cody's playing the game. He's making Turner very happy. There was a great article in Variety where they talked about this partnership with Warner Media and, and how they can leverage TBS and TNT and all their, their comic book properties and all their other things that they have to make AEW better. Uh, and he's he's finding a way to in his mind seamlessly integrate so if 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 the nightmare family uh if if cody's triple h and the nightmare family's evolution is qt marshall randy orton or batista he's better than both so it's hard to (laughs) matt morgan (laughs) he's gonna be mayor of a town in florida (laughs) yes he yeah he's did he win i think he's he's the mayor commissioner or something primary i know he won the primary I, I th- Zach, can you uh, fact check that for us? Yeah, that's my job. Hold on. Well, <laughs> Matt Morgan's a, Matt Morgan's a hardcore. Look, he's a hardcore Republican. You and Trump are hardcore Republicans. I figured you'd know this. Like, you know every. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I've seen him at conventions. Yeah, no, he's definitely. You guys go to the same meetings. Yeah. Yes, you give him the the, the two sweet. <laughs> Number seven, NXT or Dynamite, Robert. Who do you think had the edge this week? It's it's tough. Um, I'm gonna go slightly AEW Dynamite. 
Um, I think that uh, both shows had, had good parts. Both shows had totally forgettable, uh, mainly in the main event area. Uh, I think the second half of both shows kind of waned a little bit. Cody's promo for what it was, was fascinating to watch. And I think that really sucked me in. I liked what FTR did with best. For, I think what FTR did with best friends was definitely interesting. Uh, the, the Jericho MJF uh, segment got me. It, it made me laugh. And I was surprised how much I liked Darby Allen and Ricky Starks. Uh, NXT, a lot of the matches were just kind of there. The, the thing I dug the most was the building of uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Oh, I think yeah. the video package they did for him was excellent. And that contract signing with him and Finn with Shawn Michaels, which was pre-tape, was, uh, was fantastic. Yeah, they need to do more of that because Kyle O'Reilly might have been like the highlight for me of Wednesday, but I did like AEW more. Um, I thought even like the Jericho uh, private party guy match, like, I don't know. I got, I got into it. I got excited about it to start with fucking Darby and um, Ricky Stark. I, I thought that match was unreal. That was like one of the better matches I've seen during quarantine. Am I being stupid? They, they, they have really great chemistry. Um, yeah, I just – I don't think there was a part of AEW I disliked. Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you, Scott. But my highlight was definitely Dexter Loomis coming back. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> telling Cameron Grimes to put the lotion on the skin. Uh, no, you know, I thought, I thought NXT was a little bit better. Uh, I, I, I thought the FTR match was – was really great. I thought the MJF Jericho segment backstage was so awesome. So you're saying AEW, because you just said NXT was better. You're saying I'm AEW. Sorry, AEW was better. Oh. My, my misspoke. Uh, but, I, you know, I thought, I, I thought uh, NXT had a, was, was, a, was a pretty good uh, go-home show, and it did make me excited about a pay-per-view that I wasn't super excited about. Like, I think that Kyle O'Reilly and – uh, Finn Balor, you know, I think the match is going to be great, but I'm really interested to see, you know, what happens at the end. I mean, there's a world, especially because they were like leading into Adam Cole, you know, on that show, you know, talking, uh, you know, talking Kyle O'Reilly up during the Austin Theory match. There's a world in which they put the belt on O'Reilly and then they beat the shit out of Adam Cole and make Adam Cole a super baby face. I don't know how probable that is, but it's 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 possible now, and it, it makes me excited for the show for sure. I, I just don't think I'd want to see that match as O'Reilly's first title match. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing with Kyle O'Reilly though, because that the video package about him and his his backstory made him seem like the babyface, uh, this guy who's worked his his career to get here. This emotional story, this idea of I've always wanted to face Finn Balor. I respect him. It's never happened. And then when they went to that contract signing, Kyle O'Reilly was leaning very heavy into being kind of like a cocky douche. So I, it, it felt very, it felt a little disjointed. I thought they were both done really well. I just think they need to figure out: is he the the the, the babyface underdog who respects Finn Balor and you want to see this, or is it? He's the cocky, uh, undisputed Eric guy, and you kind of want to see him get the shit beat out of him. Yeah, and then there's also the element of, you know, Finn still looks a little bit more like a star to me, but maybe that's just because I'm, I'm used to Finn more, and I, you know, I'm not used to seeing Kyle O'Reilly on his own. Number eight, we're in the middle of the G1, so that means it's time for Scott's New Japan Corner. Scott, let's check it in. 
Oh, I know you've been watching. Uh, it keeps getting better and better. I have, yeah. The only thing I haven't, I haven't watched the last night, but I've watched everything up until. Okay, so so yeah, this morning there was uh, there was a show, and you had uh, two Bullet Club members versus each other. I can't believe Evil defeated Kenta thanks to Dick Togo. I was shocked. <laughs> Man, fuck that shit. Uh, I looked up the spoilers to find one thing to drop here to be for you to be like, what the fuck did Rob watch? No, uh, but I saw. I scanned through i saw dick's name i'm like i'm gonna put this in my notes yeah two bullet club members and they were just cheating the whole time uh that wasn't great but uh sonata beat naito which is huge uh that was the uh, main event tonight or this morning uh so obviously naito's the champ sonata beat him that's a very very big deal uh other highlight matches will osprey beat jay white Jay White was on a winning streak, but Osprey got him. Uh, yeah, I watched oh, that match. It was very good. You're going to be disappointed about, well, not the first name, but uh, Harold May. I believe it's Mage. Mage. Yeah, he stepped down, right? He's stepping down. Yeah. Or so he's, he's been with them since, like, maybe since I've been watching or a little after uh, the uh, Wrestle Kingdom Omega Okada match. And it was all about, like, Western expansion, and it just didn't work out. Uh, I mean, now COVID, obviously, but – they were planning shows in very strange places and there weren't big turnouts. Um, and then obviously, you know, all those guys leaving and forming AEW kind of fucked things up for them. So now a big exciting thing is, Oh, new Japan might, you know, be open to a relationship with AEW now because Harold's gone and he was the one who had beef with Omega and the bucks, uh, apparently. Well, that would be fucking awesome. I, I, I wonder I wonder why they weren't able to get, like, a TV deal. Like, I understand that they weren't going to get, you know, the TNT deal, and they were going to get, like, a SmackDown on Fox deal. But you'd think somebody would would take a chance on them that, that was a little bit higher profile than Axis. Yeah, they were on some mark. Oh, yeah, it was Axis. That's what it was. Axis, yeah. Cubans networks, yeah. Um, yeah, man. That's Number cool. nine, NXT TakeOver 31 predictions. This is a good time to pop our Patreon. We'll be reviewing uh, NXT TakeOver 31 right after it happens. It's uh, 7 o'clock this Sunday, so that means we'll probably get on around 10, and you, you'll get it Monday morning. Let's go through the match. I want to see who you guys got. For the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, Santos Escobar versus Isaiah Swerve Scott. Scott, who do you got? Uh, I think Isaiah is the shit. Um, Very good. But I want him to have, like, the North American title. So I don't know what you do here, but I think you need to make Isaiah look really strong with maybe having him lose. That's how I'd book it. Robert? Yeah, I mean, I'm biased. Swerve, Swerve's my guy. It was his birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, Swerve. Uh, I'm sure he's listening right now, preparing for the match, getting the strategy. Uh, maybe we have some tips. I think the problem is Santos Escobar, they're, they're too early into this gimmick for him to lose the title. Uh, mm-hmm. The promo on NXT's go-home show was all about uh, Swerve saying, you can't beat me in a straight-up fight. So Escobar is not going to beat him in a straight-up fight. He's not going to give him a rematch. Swerve has a reason to now want to face him again. And the cruiserweight division, the 205 live divisions, had some issues the last few weeks. They've had to postpone tapings because of COVID. So I think keeping Swerve out of 205 live and, and Scott, to your point, moving him into maybe challenging for the North American title is the, is the better play. 
Yeah, I just, you know, I think one thing that NXT has done really well and Triple H and whoever's whoever's down there is they've made that title important again. Like, I can't remember, like, a segment between two cruiserweights for the title, like, this past Wednesday, and in, I don't know how long, maybe since the fucking Nitro days in 1997. It's been, it's been so long. Uh, and I think that if you take it off Santos right now, it kind of devalues a really cool thing they're doing with the title, especially because who's the Ira Jordan Devlin. They, they still, you know, that, that was kind of like hit the transition from him was, was a little shaky. I, I just think for the good of the title, you can't really put it on Isaiah Scott yet. Kushida versus the Velveteen dream. I'll start this one out. Uh, I think it's going to be Kushida. They clearly are building him and it seems like Velveteen dreams uh, stock is decreasing in WWE. Uh, who do you guys got? Robert, we'll start with you. Yeah, I think this was set up uh, as part of the the quote-unquote punishment of Velveteen Dream for all the, the stuff that's gone down with him. Uh, it's the, the coy, polite way of saying he got busted for supposedly sexting an underage kid. They're, they're not going to be able to push him for a while, so you may as well use his heel heat to get somebody else over. And they've established Kushida with this uh, viciousness and a uh, submission hold, so I think that that's helpful. Scott? Yeah, Kushida's the shit. I mean, I don't think he's been able to shine uh, as much as he can, but I think a match with Velveteen could do it. I, I think this could be one of the matches uh, of the night for sure. And yeah, Velveteen has to lose. I mean, I, I, I'm surprised he's on television, honestly. Surprising, even more surprisingly, uh, Kushida is actually taller than Velveteen Dream's last girlfriend. So uh, NXT North American Championship match. Damian Priest versus Johnny Gargano. Scott, we'll start with you. Uh, Damian Priest. I want him to win all of the titles in <laughs> the WWE Universe. I mean, yeah, man, he just won it, right? He just won it. He just won it. Uh, and Gargano doesn't need it. He definitely doesn't need it. So, you know, it, I'm actually not looking forward to this. Uh, I'm not crazy about Damian Priest uh, at all. Oh, I'm not either. I, I hope they give him new gear so he doesn't look like he's about to perform street magic at any <laughs> fucking given second. Uh, who do you got, Robert? I hate that you're making me have to pick Damian Priest. Um, <laughs> I, I just – he's he's so beyond creepy in everything that he does. And the fact that he's a baby face – uh, the way that he is just borderline a walking Me Too movement anytime he's being interviewed in the back. Um, I, I feel like I need to shower whenever he's on. They're going to put him in the hot tub after he wins. Uh, I, I, poor Johnny. Uh, he deserves so much better. Can we talk about hot tubs are never sexy. It's never, they always make it like, it's, it's always like Damien Priest. And do hot, every time I've been in a hot tub with my wife or a girlfriend, like a 70 year old in a Speedo always walks in and is like, eh, it's nice in here. You know, it, it, <laughs> it, it's never like a fun orgy. NXT Women's Championship, Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae. Who do you got, Scott? I have Candice LeRae. Oh, wow. You think yeah. they're going to go with her? Yeah. Do you think that's because they want to do they want to um, like a baby face for when Rhea Ripley comes for the title and they're going to move Yoshirai up like or yeah. is it just because Candace is this that hot of a character right now? I think they're going to add Yoshirai to Retribution obviously. Um. Oh, <laughs> God no. 
Yeah, no, but I do think EO needs to be moved up to, I actually don't know which roster, I guess uh, Raw, but I, I think she needs more eyes on her. I mean, she deserves it. it if it is still a, uh, a company or whatever you want to call it, that, you know, it, it is lower than Raw and SmackDown, you do need to see people who deserve to move forward, move forward. And I think she deserves to move forward. Robert? I, I have Candice also. Um, I don't think Io Shirai needs the title. I think Raw or SmackDown, the women's divisions, are anemic right now. They can move her up. Uh, I think Candice has, in the short term, they're building Shotzi Blackheart up really nicely. I think that would be a fun little mini program for her to do. Tegan Knox, whenever she comes back, can unseat Candice. Uh, or if they decide to go with Rhea Ripley, you've got a, a heel for Rhea to go after. This would also allow that story they were trying to tell of Johnny and Candice both having titles as this power couple, and if she wins it and he doesn't, you've got a fun story for the next couple weeks on TV. Yeah, and he'll do, a, he'll do a great job of it. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm still going to go with Io Shirai, but I can easily see Candice LeRae winning and Io Shirai losing to – Selena Vega, her first night on Raw. I could totally see that something be something that happens. I also want her, and I want her on SmackDown so Michael Cole can think it's Kyrie Sane. <laughs> Here comes the big Asian dog. Um, that was a stretch, guys. That was just terrible. Uh, Here comes Natsuka. Here comes Natsuka. Here comes Natsuka. Uh, NXT Championship match. Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly. Look, I'm going to fucking go out on a limb. I think Kyle O'Reilly is going to be the next NXT champion. Uh, maybe I'm full of shit here, but stranger things have happened. Robert? You're full of shit, and stranger oh, things are not going to happen. Yeah. And uh, No, I think Finn's, Finn's going to win. Um, I think that this they're trying to sow these seeds of – whether Undisputed Era is falling apart or not, or if there's this power struggle, I think Kyle O'Reilly uh, either loses because of botched Undisputed Era interference, um, or the guys go out to try to interfere, and maybe Cole tries to stop one of them like he doesn't need it and causes a distraction and Finn gets a roll-up. I think this is going to be the, the catalyst going forward for oh, the Undisputed Era uh, splintering. Scott? Yeah. Yeah, that's 100% what it's going to be. To have the Undisputed Era split while there's a title involved is so unnecessary, and it just, like, lumps two major storylines together. Have the heavy, you know, have the NXT title matter in a storyline and let these Undisputed guys go at it. Yeah, I think it's, like, very clearly going to be some, oops, we fucked up, and now Finn gets the win. Uh, I'll be totally surprised if it's not. I mean, what else could it be? Just, just a great match, but then I'd still say Finn wins, you know? Do you think the pay-per-view ends with the Undisputed Era just beating the hell out of Adam Cole? Because that's bigger than a title change, I'm guessing. Yeah, but why, why would they all turn on Adam because he fucks up? It's just like it would, you would need that stretch, you know? And I think, I think you should save that moment for TV. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, well, it's also who, they're also the whoever is supposed to debut or return on NXT, the, the goggle guy made a point of seeming like he's going to show up. So I don't know if maybe he's going to play some part in this, uh, in this finish of the main event. I also have no idea who it could possibly be of who could return. Who's been off NXT television that would have some kind of real impact. Keith Lee. <laughs> that would be Bring so him back. That would be so funny. 
I, th- I think it's, you know, like everyone's saying it's going to be Bo Dallas, but I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Kevin Owens, man. I, I don't, I, that makes a lot of sense to me. Like, especially because apparently he hasn't been super thrilled on Raw. And, you know, like I immediately would want to see a Kevin Owens Finn Balor rematch. But why would he be wearing those goggles? I don't know. I mean, who else could it be? They're like V, like, like they're like VR video game goggles. That's the only way yeah. it makes sense with who that. Else could it be? Who do you guys think it's going to be? You think it's going to be Bo? Who do you think it's going to be? Uh, this Hang is on. my first time hearing Bo. Yeah, would, it's my first time too. That's interesting. I would love that. I would love to see Bo do something. Who do you think it's going to be, Robert? I'm on board with the uh, the Bo Dallas idea. I think there's something to uh, giving him another chance because he's the he's really like the epitome of NXT champion that just didn't make it on the main roster. He was so great on NXT too. I mean, those were the first matches where you were like, "Oh, this is something we should be watching every Wednesday." I mean, it's got to be so frustrating for him to be backstage and watch his brother wear like a, a shitty party city mask do four moves and get a giant payday yeah and, you know, he can do whatever he wants fucking breaking his neck number 10 our final our final segment of the 10 count it's october what past spooky wrestling angle fell on its face the hardest originally i was gonna say the yete but then i remembered uh the hulk hogan dungeon of dune segment when they brought out shark for the first time if you haven't seen it it's fucking straight out of ed wood it's amazing go on to youtube now now we all know that like like it's like a hulk hogan entering a haunted house which like i mean if hogan was like really nervous about a haunted house he would like go into like the house of the tyler perry house of pain you know someplace where there's uh more than one black person uh, but yeah, it, it's really goofy and it's a fucking blast. If guys smoke a joint and watch those uh, Dungeon of Dune segments, it's 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 really the most fun I've had watching wrestling on YouTube. Robert, so I, I've there's there's one that I'm going to say and one that no one's ever ever seen. I think the thing that was the spookiest to me as a kid that going back now as an adult and watching, I was like, what the fuck is Papa Shango Ultimate Warrior, where he was able to make him projectile vomit. <laughs> uh, and then the black stuff pouring out of his head when like warriors clearly wearing an, an apparatus to make it, it ooze out that freaked me out like crazy as a kid. And then watching it back now is like, what the fuck was I thinking? Uh, the, the bonus one when I was, uh, my first, my first week on creative they're going over pitches and there was this, this writer whose name I, I escapes me, um, African-American gentleman. And you know, he is no, just, just <laughs> He uh, he said, here, here's, here, here's my pitch. And we're, we're all sitting there listening. He goes, Teddy Long is gathering up all the other black wrestlers and Teddy Long's a vampire. And he's going to turn all of them into vampires. And I was sitting there at that moment. I wasn't sure if this was them ribbing me or if this was serious. But after he pitched this, the next day he was fired. So he genuinely, <laughs> his idea was Teddy Long is going to lead a, a the hurt business of vampires um, which made any shitty idea I was ever going to pitch seem infinitely better. That's not too bad. I, I, I can see them totally doing that. Scott. I'm going to suck your blood, player. <laughs> oh, man, I wish I could just jump into that voice, but uh, I don't want to be canceled. Scott. Um, 
most embarrassing for me was my loyalty to Kevin Thorne for some reason. Just having to defend. Oh my God, you were a Kevin Thorne head. I just, I, because I remember I wanted Mordecai to work so bad. Uh, and then it didn't. That's the same guy, right? Yeah, yeah but Mordecai should have worked. I it should have, right? And then, and then it didn't. And I was like, but I like this guy. And then he came back as Kevin Thorne. And I was like, fuck it, man. It makes sense. Twilight is out. He was on ECW. And, uh, you know, I never won any arguments uh, about Kevin Thorne, but I was a fan. And also he fought recently and he's like a car salesman or something, but he did come out of retirement to wrestle maybe Enzo recently. I could be wrong. (laughs) Uh, Who was his uh, Angelina love? Was that his? No, it was. uh, She was uh, great. uh, uh, Shelly. Shelly Martinez? She yeah, was so hot. Yeah. Yeah. I forget what her gimmick was. She, was she just- had a really, in- they, they both had an interesting look when they did that, but it was when Heyman was booking ECW and they kept trying so hard for Joey Styles to be like, oh, the, they're not, he's not really a vampire. He's part of these bite clubs that are uh, popping up all over. I was like, I've never heard of this ever. Like, this is one of those, like, in the 80s and there was, like, the, the satanic the cult panics. Up. Yeah. Dude, I knew this guy in, in college, the biggest fucking loser and he kept saying he was like, like a vampire. I'm a vampire. And because him and his girlfriend were like bloodlet, they would like open up each other's arms and like suck blood for a little bit. But then like, uh, but then I remember he like got food poisoning for two days from like eating fish sticks. And I'm like, ooh, the vampire's greatest weakness, Howard Johnson. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, let's close on that uh, ridiculous story. Guys, uh, if you're new to the podcast, uh, please rate and subscribe on iTunes. Uh, You can get us on Spotify and SoundCloud. And basically, uh, we're we're, going to try to get on Stitcher soon. That's our next next, uh, thing to try to do. Um, And uh, we have a shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees, a total effing marks shirt. Check it out. I have a new video on Comedy Central. I also have... Um, on Instagram this week, I, I did this pilot for Comedy Central. I, I didn't write it, but I starred in it like in 2014 or something. But um, I have the link on my Instagram page. So if you're bored and want to see, uh, you know, me from my acting days before I went to my sweaty podcast days, uh, check it out. Scott? Your sweaty acting days. Oh, That's you're right. You're right. Uh, you're right. <laughs> Listen to my other podcast, Garbage Days with Brendan Sagalo. And uh, please join our Patreon and like and subscribe and do all that fun stuff and buy our T-shirt, ProWrestlingTees.com. Robert. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WWCreative underscore ISH. Uh, I will be back for our Patreon episode this weekend. Um, since everyone's talking about the professional stuff, if you're negotiating against me for a contract, please just agree to anything I say. Make my life much easier. Uh, and... Uh, I'll steal Zach's line because he's probably getting ready for his next Trump rally. Make sure you wash your hands. Zach? Fuck you, Robert. Working <laughs> <laughs> heel, man. Zach, Zach is Zach is a underdog baby face. And, and next week, we will be discussing the controversial Ryback comments on Vince McMahon. I'm just kidding. Nobody gives a shit. See you next week. <laughs>